Podcast. Paul Farver here. Thank you, listeners and viewers, for watching this and listening to this episode. Really appreciate it. What a great year for the podcast. We won uh, Best Podcast in the Chicago Reader. Uh, got a lot of new friends, subscribers, sponsors. Um, cool things are in the works. I'm excited for them. Um, this episode was super fun. Uh, if Kelsey Cook is in your town, you have to go watch her. She's hilarious. One of my favorite comedians. I was pleasantly surprised that she uh, was able to do this podcast. So I'm really excited for this episode. We had some connection issues at the very, very end, the last minute. I apologize for those. We pieced it together as best as we could. Um, but it was literally on the outro. So uh, we had a really good episode. Clean uh, Zoom. I know that technical issues are part of the new normal. But anyway, we made it work. I'm in Florida this week. Uh, come check me out at Off the Comedy Club, opening for my friend Greg Morton uh, from America's Got Talent, December 21st, 22nd, 23rd. And then I'm headlining headlining at the Laugh-In Comedy Cafe in Fort Myers on the 23rd and 24th. Yep, you heard that right. 23rd, I'm going to be doing two shows in two different cities um, within. <laughs> it's going to be fun, but uh, I'll make it work. Naples and Fort Myers are close by, and uh, come see me if you're in the Fort Myers area or in the Naples area during that week. Uh, it's the holidays. You're probably in Florida visiting family friends. Come check it out. It's a fun show. Greg Morton's hilarious. I don't know who my opener is in Florida yet, but I'm sure he or she will be great. Back in Chicago the last week of December to close out the year. Paul F. Comedy has my dates there. I'll be at the Laugh Factory on New Year's Eve as well as the Hilton uh, with my friend Zach O'Ryan opening for me. This episode was on Zoom. Like I said, you could see it on my YouTube page, youtube.com backslash Paul F. Comedy. If you want to watch it, uh, her cat makes a cameo, which is fun. And then... Uh, I am selling the shirts for Parkinson's Foundation this month. If you want to buy a shirt, make great stocking stuffers, or um, if you just want to buy a present for the new year, super soft shirts, email me, pfarvargmail.com, or you can get them on the website. The website, one, doesn't go to Parkinson's, but they are also great as well if you want to buy a stocking stuffer and want the shipping to your house and you can't be in the cities I'm in. That's it. Thanks for subscribing, reviewing, listening, telling your friends, support our sponsors as well. Okay. I want to introduce you to a new sponsor, smart ass and sass. They are the perfect subscription box for mouthy motherfuckers like you. Smart ass and sass sprinkles sarcasm and cuss words into every box is profanity, not the spice of life. I think it is. This box is not for those with the weak sense of humor or easily offended, and will definitely remind you that no matter what life throws at you, it's best to keep laughing. Smart Instant Sass items are curated and personally tested by the SNS team, which is basically a group of really mouthy motherfuckers who want to get you a good laugh in your day. SNS partners with some of the best small businesses to bring you trendy and snarky items each month. Each subscription box has a designer shirt picked by the SNS team and about seven to nine unique SNS items. This is valued at $90, but the big box when you subscribe is $49.95. But if you use the singles code 
all capital letters, singles, you get 10% off your first subscription. Subscribe at www.smartassandsass.com. This is perfect for all of you singles-only listeners. I can think of about 20 of you that reach out to me on the reg who I know, based on your online personality, this would be perfect for you. You know who you are. Subscribe at www.smartassandsass.com. Use singles for 10% off your first subscription. You're welcome. Hey, guys. It's time for another edition of Singles Only Podcast. My name is Paul Farvar, your host. We have no voice of reason on this episode because we are doing this live via Zoom, if that makes any sense. But uh, I'm really excited for our next guest. Uh, you've seen her all around town. She's touring like crazy. Uh, hilarious comedian, Kelsey Cook. Hey. Kelsey. <laughs> Hi, guys. How are you? I'm swell. Thanks for asking and thanks for doing the podcast. Um, I'm so excited. I want to, first of all, I'm wearing your shirt. I don't know if you saw this. is enough. Oh, my God. I did not realize. I was going to say the, the top of that. I was like, oh, that's a good color. <laughs> I didn't know it was my shirt. Amazing. Yeah, it's a super awesome shirt. Uh, and I want to thank you. You let me go to a guest spot on your set and uh, at the Punchline in San Francisco while I was in town. Yeah. Then I was so excited. It's kind of weird as a podcast host that when someone talks about something on stage that is real related to your podcast, like you get really excited. You're like, oh, I want her on my podcast now. Like, because <laughs> I'm excited. Um, I guess I wasn't. I, it's rude to say I'm excited that you're single again, but it was it was <laughs> kind of you know, it's a thing. But that's uh, funny, yeah, yeah. So you're recently single. I mean, ish, yeah. I I got divorced um, a week before COVID hit, and okay. then have you know dated since then. But uh, yeah, I I have not gotten remarried since my divorce. No. <laughs> Um, and yeah, that's, that's crazy. I thought you got divorced during the pandemic, which a lot of people did, but you guys kind of like saw it coming. We, yeah, we, um, we ended things a, a week before. Um, and then we were in that process of moving into our own places and that's when everything completely shut down. So we both, I mean, that experience of, not getting to go do the typical things that you might do after a breakup or a divorce where you you go to Vegas with your friends or you really throw yourself into your work or go home and stay with family for a while. We didn't have that option. It was just really, it was very, very isolating. And it was for everybody, of course, in quarantine, but um, going through a major emotional change like that was really hard to not have access to the normal things you would use to cope. Well, divorce, they say, is like the second most uh, stressful situation other than death and people experience in a lifetime. And you had that and yeah. the, the world's largest pandemic in our lifetimes. So mm -hmm. just a little trauma, just a, just a little bit, just a yeah. little traumatic. <laughs> yeah. You guys to live together during the pandemic or did you figure out a housing situation that made it a little less stressful? We both moved into our own places right as things closed down. Like we were concerned even with the moving companies that they wouldn't be able to help because right at that time, it, you know, a lot of companies were like, well, we're not even going to 
step outside, which we of course completely respected. Um, and we, but we did find a, a company that was able to move our stuff into our own places. So that was helpful, but yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. How long were you uh, married and in that relationship with your ex? We were together for eight years. So um, started dating when I was 22, really young. Um, and he and I both talk about how we're very fortunate that we are still friends and on great terms. And uh, yeah, I, I don't think of him as my ex because to me that has such a negative connotation or uh, there, there are so many people in your life that can be an ex, like just somebody you date and doesn't work out. But he was, I mean, he was my family and I still see him uh, kind of as somebody that will always be like a family figure to me, you know? Well, it's good that you guys have a healthy relationship instead of making uh, an otherwise toxic situation worse by having like, yeah velocity so that's a good mature response so yeah yeah and you know he is a comedian too and so that was i didn't know that yeah i joke on stage i have a joke about how after some time had passed after the divorce we decided that we were going to try and be friends again and be able to like hang out as friends and um that that's such a strange transition to go from eight years you are only each other's like romantic partners and then to being trying to be platonic friends and that he fist bumped me when he saw me and what i say on stage is like wow i would honestly rather have you fist me because like it just to become yeah just like a skater bro you're just like oh this is this is weird to transition into this but it was fun even in like that happening to then tell him hey, I think I'm going to write a joke about this. And then like he had a couple jokes about the divorce and stuff that he would run by me. So we were still able to kind of like hear each other's jokes about it and laugh. So yeah, we we got really lucky. There's like a Venn diagram where things kind of correlate to jokes. And like, is that mine? I I do remember you talking about that. Um, I strongly advise people on this show to never date other comedians. Oh, okay. Having done that, do you think that you could do uh, that? That's a good piece of advice, or would you take the counterpoint on that and say, "Well, it's not that bad." Having come off a relationship that is—I mean, it, it failed. The marriage failed, but you guys have this great relationship now. Right. I would never tell somebody, like I would never tell another comedian, "Don't date another comedian," because I just think it is so subjective it's so person to person um of course there can be really horrific breakups and then if that is a co-worker figure whether it's a comedian or not if you're just somebody listening who isn't in comedy and you date a co-worker and it goes wrong of course it's the whole like don't shit where you eat <laughs> it's, right. it's 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 a big gamble right um but i would never tell somebody that it needs to be a hard and fast rule i think i would just really think about are you gonna be okay if it doesn't work out are you still comfortable being in that work bubble with them right which is kind of and you brought up the point that i make which is you know you don't eight co-workers have an hr department where they explain all these to the two people you're like okay you're signing this thing and if you read the agreement it's like well just remember if things don't work out this is not blah 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 
you have to think about that as a comedian before you enter a relationship. You're like, what will we do when or if this fails? And that's kind of putting on an unhealthy uh, platform, I guess. So that's why I sure. Right. And have you dated comedians before? I haven't, but I've seen what it does. And I always avoid it like the plague because. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm talking about what I've seen from the scene where, where it's made a situation toxic for multiple people. And I know there are successful examples of it as well, but. Right. If there are two comedians who haven't made it yet, I guess, uh, I feel like there's so many dynamics that could make it go wrong and so many things working against you that maybe, you know, maybe this is a bad idea. Sure. I think also if uh, it's two comedians in a small comedy scene and a really intimate comedy scene and it doesn't work out, that is a lot harder to navigate. Whereas if it's two people in the LA scene or New York scene, it's so big. Uh, Granted, it's, I guess that's relative. It can still feel small, but like not as big. uh, I'm sorry, not as small as like a Seattle market or a Chicago market. So again, it's like you got to do it at your own risk. Well, having done it, would you do it again? Um, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it, it would have to be, it would have to be a very specific situation in person and yeah right. okay what do you mean by that like it, i i think now i just have certain things in my mind of if it were to be a comedian again um you know you just want to make sure like we just talked about that it is something that you're okay with no matter what so have you um so eight years with that same person a lot has changed in the dating world since you left it Mm-hmm. Yeah. What have you done to like kind of navigate back into the the dating scene? <laughs> I don't know. That's so funny because I wasn't in the dating world before uh, my ex husband. I I had had a, a a boyfriend in high school. Um, I'd had a boyfriend in college, and then um, met my ex husband shortly after college. So I had some you know, maybe like a year here or there where I had been single, but I wasn't like, I was in college. You're not really actively like on dating. At least I wasn't, you know, 12 years ago when I was in college. Um, You're just young and you're meeting people around your school. So when I came out of um, the marriage, it was the first time that I had ever gotten on dating apps. I'd never been on them before. And it's fascinating. You know, I've only... I've only ever tried Raya, um, which is the celebrity one, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, I haven't tried any of the other ones, but I, I had heard from friends that Hinge was also pretty okay. But uh, yeah, so it had only been Raya. Yeah, I think Hinge is. Uh, I, I like it a lot um, because there's so much play, there's so much information that you can wean uh, you can glean from somebody. Uh, mm-hmm. There, you know they do it right and they answer all the questions and you also can be open to where you provide a lot of information. So you're not wasting a lot of time. Um, yeah. Trying to get to know people, but um, Raya is great too. Um, but then, you know, it goes through the whole world. So it's almost like, I mean, doing what we do, you're always traveling anyway. So it's like, maybe that is a good thing. So. 
Yeah, it, it is so different. Like right when I signed up, it, I was like, oh, this is so different than I thought because I assumed it would only show me people right within a certain mile radius. And it was like showing me people in Tel Aviv and like, you know, Spain. I'm like, what? what? This is so. I mean, yeah, like you're like, yeah, I... yeah, it was it was strange, but yeah, <laughs> interesting, I guess. Yeah, I think that like you hit it on the nose where you're talking like back when you were younger and even even before dating apps got so big, like you would meet people organically everywhere you went, you know, and especially right. if you were a social person or you were in a in a career where you're going to run into a lot of people. But now with just the way things are, especially with COVID too, like people are so, you know, we've taught ourselves to be more of like a independent people. We don't like a lot of contact uh, in bars <laughs> or venues or you're not really going to bars like you used to when you're 22. So it's a little right. And I think now there was a, a study recently where it's like most people are meeting through the apps. Like it's the first time ever that that's the norm as, as, a, as, as opposed to, you know, meeting someone at a bar like, you know, we did 10 years ago. Wow. I didn't, I didn't realize that it had become statistically higher now to meet on an app. Right. Well, you can skew any statistics. I could tell you 90%. Sure. <laughs> if I do it with enough confidence, you're going to believe me. So, but no, that is true. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I hope you can't hear my cat in the back who's having it. just a total spaz attack for no reason. I just gave her some treats and she's just like hopped up on on the taste of tuna or something i don't know like there's literally no reason for her to be so excited right now but sorry people watching at home they're like is she possessed she looks like she's possessed she's disagreeing she's like she's coming on now to the scene like i have something to say about that i met <laughs> yeah. my husband in a bar and it was great like i love that he was hitting like <laughs> very vocal yeah no but i mean that's the thing and and uh when you go on those apps, like, what are you, how are you, have you met, uh, met up with anyone on the apps at least? I think you talked about it on the, on the show at least. Yeah. Um, I, when I was first looking, it was still when things were very shut down in LA. And so a lot of people were doing their first dates over FaceTime, which is now again, something I talk about on stage where, uh, I I really like doing a first date over FaceTime just as an initial, like, I, I know it's, it, you can't totally get somebody's vibe and, and their warmth and the way they are as, the, as you would in person. But I think sometimes you can know right away if it's an absolute no. And uh, as opposed to in person, sometimes you could go on a first date and know within five seconds that it's a no, and then you have to sit there with them for an hour and it's like a whole thing. But I joke on stage now that if if you get on FaceTime and you know that it's a no, you can just play an audio clip of babies crying and be like, oh, it's the triplets, you know, and just like fabricate this like giant obstacle that nobody. Our connection's really bad. And then just. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I one of the more notable but not in a great way notable dates that I went on through the app was one that I went on in person uh and he was from Europe originally so he had a, a thick uh European accent and I he was saying the word he was describing that his cat would rape his shirts right. but when he initially said that to me I was like there's no way that 
he just used that word to describe his cat maybe like humping and so i just was like oh oh he rips your shirts like with his claws like i thought maybe i just misheard him and he just was like no and like went on and on about his cat raping his shirts and that he has to hide his shirts and now he gives the cat a blanket and now it's his rape blanket and i was just sitting there like oh my god what like you can't you use that word to describe your cat yeah that's such a triggering word to i mean this guy doesn't know anything i've been through it i just think that's a really big gamble to go on a date with a woman and be throwing that word out 17 times before dessert but (laughs) i think and i don't know this for sure but i think some people might when they go on a date with a female comic think that they should be maybe more shocking or try extra hard to be funny or i i don't know maybe that's just genuinely who he would be yeah i don't know maybe he's like that no matter what but i remember thinking like wow that is that's just a, a real aggressive approach on a first date to be throwing that word out over and over and uh yeah so yeah Hey, I've got nothing against that guy. We did. I chose to not (laughs) keep. There wasn't a a second date. There was not. I know there was not a second date after that. But, um, you know, he he seems sweet. Otherwise, it was just I was like, oh, this is not. I don't know. I don't know about this. No, I think that's true. What you said where uh, we've had a lot of comics say the same thing. Even uh, guys get that a little too. But women get a lot more where guys will be like, well, I, you know, I was class clown or like they they want to almost like one up you or they are like I thought about doing stand up once and they don't they kind of shit on what the art form that you're doing and that you've been successful at and they think that they have to like it's an ego thing I think a lot of guys um, can't handle not being the funny person yeah which is that isn't a person that I could ever be attracted to. And I think you can pick up on that energy pretty quickly and just be like, oh yeah, that's not, you were asking me, um, or telling me before the show started that we would maybe talk about deal breakers and stuff. And you saying that right now is that's definitely a deal breaker for me is if somebody found out I was a comedian and they were just kind of, yeah, either felt threatened by that or felt very like, uh, about it. Cause yeah. I've, you know, you hope that somebody thinks that that's really cool and is like an interesting career path. But yeah, I think some guys feel differently. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that uh, that happens a lot in the female comics that I've had on the show. Like they just a lot of guys don't understand that. Like no, and and it goes back to what you said about the shock value thing. Guys that don't have humor will think or who don't do comedy, and some that do think that the shock value is the way to go and so maybe that's what he was doing i don't know yeah and it's interesting to me to talk to other female comics and hear what they look for in a guy and what is most important to them because some of my friends who are female comics they are fine being the only funny person in their relationship like they don't need the guy to also be funny they're looking for other things and for me that is still like number one they have to be funny that's my whole life is comedy is everything so I yeah that that is always very important to me well it's hard though too because you have to share the same sensibilities I think uh 
a comedian I've had on the show has mentioned that like going on a first date with someone to a comedy show is great because you see, especially a showcase, because if you guys are laughing at the same thing, that means a lot more, you know, that you guys yeah. have the same sensibilities. Yeah. And uh, if you're not, it's not going to work. But for a successful comedian, there's going to be a lot of things that it's going to be really hard to to meet your level of comedy if you're not right. a successful comedian. Right, exactly. So you asking like, would you ever date a comic again? It's like, it's hard to say no, because the bar is set so high in terms of like, what I want to be able to be around in that sense of humor and that level of humor. But of course, it can't be like, the only thing. But that is a a hugely important thing for me. Have you dated uh, commoners or people that are are normal people? (laughs) Common folk. Regulars, you know, have you tried any uh, to see if that works? Um, not really any like just straight up like a dental hygienist. I haven't. Okay. Um, There's and some out there. There's a funny dentist. I'm sure I have certain friends who are like truly some of the funniest people I've ever met who work in finance or whatever, and they just never wanted to pursue comedy is a job, but they're hilarious. Um, I'm, I'm sure if I were to have gotten on one of the other apps that was not Raya, I would have come across more people that were normies, you yeah. know, and not in entertainment. Uh, but it I, that has just always been harder for me to picture myself with somebody who was not in entertainment in some way, not even doesn't, they don't have to be an entertainer, but like working in the business, I think is something I've always just been more drawn to than somebody who's like completely unrelated to entertainment. Well, they also understand, you know, the schedule, obviously schedules will be similar. They'll align where you Mm -hmm. can be physically available to meet each other. And also they understand, you know, the creative struggles that you have, or even if they're comedy adjacent, like producers or whatever, but right. But then having like someone that's a, you know, a doctor, they're going to have different, different priorities and different times. You'll never see them, even if they are. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Have you you gone on other, have you had any other dates where they're like, okay, they've gone a certain way. And then at some point a deal breaker comes through and you're like, I can't, I can't date uh, George Clooney because he's too famous or whoever, whatever celebrity (laughs) you've gone out or pseudo celebrity, I should say. On Raya. Um, Raya, no, I mean, there were a few like kind of FaceTime dates where I knew right away um, it was, I like just wasn't really into it. And then I actually, I spent the first half of this year being a caregiver for um, one of my family members who is very sick. Um, They spent the first five months in the hospital and with the COVID protocols, they were only allowed one visitor. And so my life became being in the hospital eight to 10 hours a day. Uh, and so every, all of like the rest of my life for the most part kind of got put on hold and I was focusing on doing that. And, um, they're out of the hospital now, fortunately, but still have, a you know, very progressive illness. Uh, but yeah, that, that was kind of like the dating landscape for a little bit was my focus got shifted pretty hard. 
And then in terms of those Facebook or FaceTime dates that you had, what were mm-hmm. some of the deal breakers that you would see or what would make you trigger? Was it like, would you see like a something in the background, like how dirty their place was or like, was it, or what are some of the things that were, <laughs> so we could teach guys if they're going to go on these FaceTime dates so they don't do it. Like what are the things that you noticed, whether it was talking to them or what, what are some of the things? Oh, that's a good question. Other than um, trying to be funny, obviously. Yeah. Uh, hmm. I have to think on this one for a second. Sometimes, and this is, look, this happens where sometimes people will put like five photos or something, four or five photos on Raya, and they're kind of like in shadows or... <laughs> they've just pulled all their hair in front of their face or something's going on where you're like, well, they look, they look pretty hot in these pictures, I think, question mark, you know, and then you get on, you get on a FaceTime and maybe go like, oh, they don't look quite the way that their photos should, like blurry photos, old, those are old photos, maybe stuff like that. So sometimes you just know right away that it's, you're not feeling it that way. Um, I feel like there was the concept, what I tell people on the dating, well, at least for Hinge, you could put like five or six pictures. I always tell people put like average pictures because the first impression if you're meeting in person, there's a pheromone, there's this whole thing where if you meet people and you have a a positive trigger, it's also going to help you. Um, I never understood people that put like the most flattering fucking picture that they've ever taken. And really, yeah, it's just such a bad idea because you're, (laughs) it's like a bait and switch, right? Because you're like, I think that once I get them in, I'm going to be able to it puts so much undue pressure on yourself. I mean, you, you and I don't have that situation because if people Google your name or whatever, they'll figure you out. But like, and right. Ryan obviously can do that for most of the people, although a lot of those people are not really um, celebrities. But like, right. the people that I've met, I'm just like, if I almost know that it's just a bad, it's just a bad way to go in. Like you're setting the bar so high. If you have a regular picture of you, like just take one a selfie in a mirror at at the bath in the bathroom. You're gonna <laughs> no, don't put mirror selfies on. As if you're yeah. a dude listening, don't put mirror selfies on. Not shirtless, but yeah, like a regular one. I think it's the lighting in there is is gonna be. No, active. no mirror selfies. Why? <laughs> Even with shirts. Oh no! Why? Why? I didn't know that. I don't have any on, but I do it on Instagram because there's like a thing at the Laugh Factory in Chicago that. Eric and Nicole Clark started where they just, it's a bathroom selfie hashtag where everyone takes when they, when we have shows there, but. Yeah. And again, Instagram, but like, I, there's something about, I've talked about it with friends before where we're like, and I, somebody else has talked about this too. Maybe Amy Schumer talked about this. There's definitely a double standard for the photos that women can get away with being like very, you know, like, duck face and just like kind of glam but when a guy does it it it's too okay like you guys don't have as much room to get away with looking full of yourselves okay. like selfies or mere selfies 
I think for a lot of women that comes off more um, like douchey, which is, and I get that's totally unfair because women, we post that shit all the time. It's like, the, but, I would say the same thing about guys who take gym selfies. I think that's worse than a bathroom selfie. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's something to, to having a photo that somebody else took of you when you're like out with friends. If you're only, if, if the only photos on your profile are ones you've taken, your part of you is like, do they know anybody else? Do they have a family or friends? Like, do they, <laughs> you know what I mean? Why is, why are they the only possible photographer in their life? <laughs> so but, I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I could see that, but the problem with that is it's so if, if someone has an average picture of you as a dude, um, you probably don't have, you don't keep it. Like it's not around or if like you get, oh, yeah. but there is something to be said. If a guy has too many selfies, it's also kind of weird too. Um, I don't envy you guys. Listen, I know I'm saying this as a heterosexual woman judging dating profiles or whatever. And I don't, I, I don't envy you because if you put too many photos that are very like modely or professional headshots were like, mm, that's kind of, it's too modely, mm-hmm. right? But if it's only garbage photos of you in poor lighting or, you know, like Bigfoot side, like you're moving in the photo, then we're like, well, they look like shit. Like they don't value how they look and I can't tell what they look like. Right. I, there's not a lot of winning and I'm so sorry for that. Like it, it, that's harder to do. Everything you say, I agree with. I think that the only thing I, I, I think like a, a selfie, I do think it's, it's like a full body picture of a dude or a, a woman, whoever it does. It applies both ways. Cause there's so many people that go on these dating apps and they hide like whatever they're uncomfortable about. Like I, I, I'll mm-hmm. give you an example. If I, if there's a woman that has six pictures there's six opportunities to take a picture and they're all of her like same same picture like just going like whatever yeah like okay i'm just assuming that she's you know got it she's a full-figured woman and uh that's what she does and and the guys are probably the same way too like they're wearing a hat that they're hiding the fact that they're bald there's some it's just there's so many things that Uh, huh Got, you need to put everything out there if you want to get something in return. Like there's, especially if you're not in the comedy or in entertainment where people can't Google your images. Um, that goes yeah. out to normies, not us per se. But. Right. I feel like that's that's hard for us to say that. Like if we're seeing somebody who is only putting like a close-up of their face in five photos and not wanting to show their body, like I haven't lived their life. Maybe they've put their full body on before and gotten people saying shitty things or not had success matching with people the way they want. And so they change it. And like that, it's a really, huh? But what's the game plan? If like, let's say a guy is bald and he just wears a hat in all the pictures. What's the game plan? Like he thinks like, are you going to just wear that hat for the rest of your life? The woman's never like, like, I'd rather not wait till it's dark out. Like, at some point you need to like reveal yourself. And uh, yeah, I do understand the hate of someone saying like body shaming or hair shaming. I mean, I make fun of bald people all the time because I have amazing <laughs> hair, but and like there is, there is, if you're on the apps to meet people, you gotta, you gotta show your true self. Hey gang, 
If you know me, you know I'm a caffeine junkie. I have pop, soda, Diet Coke, energy drinks with every meal. Had it since I was a kid. Can't drink plain water. Just not a fan. Um, I'd rather give up a side dish like fries at a meal than give up my pop because I need my energy. I need my caffeine. Focus Sparkling Water is sparkling water with a spark. Focus is a delicious, health-conscious, thoughtfully caffeinated sparkling water. Yes, caffeinated water. Infused with a boost of natural tea caffeine and the balance of L-theanine, you'll get the clean energy you want without the sugar, calories, or crash. It has 75 milligrams of caffeine, zero calories, zero sugar, zero sweeteners, and it's non-GMO. So ditch your sugary sodas or energy drinks that are overloaded with sugar and ingredients that you don't know what they are or how to even pronounce. Focus. Sparkling water. National caffeine derived from tea gives you the same boost as an 8-ounce cup of coffee in a refreshing, thirst-quenching form. Your body needs water doesn't mean that it has to be boring. Um, so check it out. They've got a wide range of flavors, including blood orange, mixed berry, cherry cola, crisp apple, root beer, grapefruit, yuzu and lime, cucumber, and my favorite, peach. You can find it online at drinkfocus.com. That's focus with a P-H-O-C-U-S.com. Located in 4,000 grocery stores, including Publix, Kroger's, and Giant Martins. Also available at Meyer, and they will soon be in the Marianos in Chicago as soon as January, I believe. So check it out. Drink Focus. You're welcome. Hey, all you guys know that I used to be a lawyer. Still am, but, you know, kind of just in the background, if you will. But my friend, Scott Shapiro, he is a full-time lawyer. You guys maybe have injured on the job, need compensation, or you're just injured somewhere and you don't know what to do. You're entitled to way more money than you think you are sometimes. Not always, but most of the time. And my friend, attorney Scott Shapiro, has been helping people for over 20 years in this regard. If you've been injured, give him a call. 312-648-8800 or email him at scott at scottshapirolegal.com. He's a full-service law firm, so in addition to doing workers' comp cases, PI cases, he also handles all legal needs, including entertainment law. That's right. He's an entertainment lawyer. He's worked on a lot of musicians' cases, a lot of contracts, negotiations, and reviews of contracts for your needs, whether you're a comedian, musician, all that good stuff. All his consultations are free of charge initially, so don't take a chance and wait. Call him, 312-648-8800, or check out his website, scottshapirolegal.com. Call him today. Tell him I sent you. You will not regret it. But I, in this judgmental, the things, all the things we're talking about right now, that's, I feel like there is part of you that doesn't want to just come right out. Like if it's, if a guy is bald, I wouldn't blame a guy for not posting a bunch of bald photos. I I would get them posting photos in a hat. And then once they go on a date, maybe they can like show their personality a little bit, get somebody a little more invested and then open up a little bit. But 
in this swipe culture, if somebody sees something that they're not interested in, they might swipe before you even giving somebody a chance. Yeah, I, but my whole point is you're wasting each other's time if you don't really have a, an accurate picture of you on there for people to make a decision. And a lot of people who have been on the apps for a while, they know better. And I don't even take chances on some of that stuff. Or if someone has a picture that's clearly from 1997, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do. I have a picture of me with a joke on there from like when I so had a disposable mother. camera has like yeah. the 97 timestamp on the bottom. Yeah. 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 It's like, dude, you, we know you're not, you don't look like that and you don't have hair anymore or a woman, you know, whatever the reason is. Like, I, I just don't, I think you put yourself in a bind where you're, you have to be a 10 on that day to overcome the disappointment of, you know, not having hair anymore or, being 20 pounds heavier than you were in your picture or right when you're five, nine, five, you know, lying about certain things. Just, I see what you mean. Yeah. That I, I get that, that it can be wasting people's time. Yeah. Um, have you, have you, uh, cause now that you're talking about your dating life on stage, have you had guys now approach you at shows to try to take you out after a show, which is, horrible I know but I'm sure it's happened yeah I I don't have it too often in person after shows but people are wild savages in Instagram DMs holy moly it's shocking how normal somebody can seem in the merch line um you know maybe even more reserved maybe a little shy and then you'll see a DM and I, listen, I don't always look at my DM request folder. Sometimes I will look occasionally, um, but I'll look and see somewhere where I'm like, oh my God, I think that was the guy in the merch line who seemed very reasonable, like a reasonable human being and is now talking about wanting to drink my bath water and blah, 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 you know, just like, nice. So I, I, people say such crazy things, um, but I find that it, like whether you're publicly in a relationship or not, dudes are going to shoot their shot. <laughs> like, I think especially just having a more public life and being on social media and stuff, it's like people are, people just throw shit out there to see if they can get your attention. Yeah. I, uh, I've, I've sent some DMs to Heather Graham before. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, I have a little question. <laughs> I'm nothing disrespectful, but I was... Yeah. We were both in the same city, and she's my celebrity crush, and she was... Oh. And uh, it was, I was in uh, Florida. Actually, I was, I was at a club, and she was doing an event, and I was like, hey, I'm at uh, so-and-so place. If you want to come, I got free tickets for you. Uh, shows at eight. Let me know. And it was a small town, so I'm like, maybe she'll come. And just, <laughs> That's wasn't sweet. Like a I wasn't like weird. I was just like, you know, big fan of your work and whatever. What a great celebrity crush in Spy Who Shagged Me. There, there's no one hotter on the planet. She's so hot in that. What in what? Oh yeah, she's great in that. Awesome powers. Yeah. She has a boyfriend now. No big deal. But. <laughs> <laughs> but Even uh the full stocking no she did conan uh during the pandemic she talked about him for like an hour i was just like okay 
Oh. You get it. You get it. You're happy. She's in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, we're, we're out of time. Uh, Kelsey, seriously, thank you so much for taking time to do the podcast. Um, where can people yeah. find out more? Where can people find out more about your uh, your upcoming shows? And uh, you can go to kelseycook.com and get tour date tickets. Going to so many places in 2022, and then you can follow my Instagram and TikTok at Kelsey Comedy. Thank you, Kelsey, and thank you all for listening or watching another episode of Singles Only Podcast. Sorry about the connection issues, but hey, man, this is the new normal. But I'm still